questions and answers. What are the principles that made America great? How are those principles revealed in our founding documents in history? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucaran. Pat is an international teacher, speaker, and author in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on our broadcast, Pat and his guest, Rick Green, examine the formula that led to the remarkable rise of the great nation and land that we love, America. Now, here's Pat. In your answer there, that freedom's triangle that our founding fathers understood and every society needs in order to be a free and a just and a prosperous society. You just mentioned it there, you know, faith, morality, and freedom. And, you know, they're all built on the concept of a belief, you know, in a God who has given us a moral law. And you need that freedom's triangle if any nation out there is going to be free and prosperous. That's right. That's right. Any, any piece of that that's lost... It's like that three-legged stool, right? You lose any one of those and, and, and it falls. Yeah, you know, and our founding fathers were quite clear on that, that belief in God is essential for free and prosperous nation. I think Washington said in his farewell address here, he said, of all the disposition and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and I'm pretty sure he had Christianity in mind, and morality are indispensable supports. Yeah, no doubt. And think about what he's saying. I mean, he's not even saying personal prosperity, saying political prosperity, meaning the culture, the society. And so without religion and morality, you can't have it. And the reason he said that is because he's watching the French Revolution, and they're trying to get what we've got. They wanted libertas, but they tried to do, instead of liberty from God, they decided to do liberty without God. And he's watching it, that experiment completely fail. And so he gives a warning to the to the United States in his farewell address and says, don't ever go down that road, uh, that, that of everything, every piece you can think of, every every principle that, that makes a nation free of all those habits and dispositions. He said religion and morality are indispensable supports. And, and in fact, kind of challenged us. He said in vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism that would work to subvert those great pillars. So if we want to be patriots, if we want to be patriotic, if we want to you know, be good for our country – we we can't push to remove religion and morality. We should be pushing to to strengthen those things. I'll give you I'll give you two others from uh, one is from John Hancock because this is I think it's important for us to shift. Make sure we don't just realize how important this is, but also shift in our own mindset. This is important, and it's my job. It's my responsibility. And if I'm going to be free and I'm going to enjoy the blessings, I've got to bear the burden. I've got to got to do my part. And so this word duty was used by the founding fathers a lot. Here's John Hancock. He said it's the indispensable duty of all men to acknowledge Almighty God as the fountain of mercies and the giver of every good gift. John Adams, he said, as the safety and prosperity of nations ultimately and essentially depend on the protection and blessing of Almighty God and the national acknowledgement. Notice he didn't say personal. He's talking about public acknowledgments. The national acknowledgement of this truth is not only an indispensable duty which the people owe to him, but a duty whose natural influence is favorable to the promotion of that morality and piety without which social happiness cannot exist, nor the blessings of a free government be enjoyed. Now, all that fancy early American English, he's literally saying, if you want the, the, the things that, that we all say we want, the blessings of a free government, the social happiness, he said you can't get those things without religion and morality, and it's the duty of Americans to have a national acknowledgement of this truth that we need God in this equation if we want those things. 
Yes, and it's a duty of every citizen, as you mentioned there. And, you know, that's one of the things we're learning. You know, I get to travel around the world and see countries that are trying to establish democracies and republics moving from a dictatorship or socialism and trying to establish democracies. And it is incredibly difficult. I mean, in countries in Asia and Africa, it looks like the democracies are going to fall apart and they may go back to some kind of military rule or dictatorship because there's not that biblical heritage that we have had of that, you know, universal God-given moral law. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was trying to think, it was Jay, John Jay that said he was our first chief justice of the Supreme Court and one of the authors of the Federalist Papers, he said, the most effectual means of securing the continuance of our civil and religious liberties is always remember with reverence and gratitude the source from which they flow. So if, if those nations don't get that part, if they, if they don't have that acknowledgement of God as the source of that freedom, think about just what that means practically. That means if there is no God and he's not the source of your freedom, that means my freedom comes from you. Uh, I give you freedom. You give me freedom. We all come together and, and try to make this thing work. But then that really takes us to the law of the tiger and the shark, because then whoever's strongest can take away freedom. And so it really becomes government or your neighbor being the source of the freedom instead of God. And that's why our system works so well. So these principles work every time they're tried, but you have to have all those principles in there if you want the result. Yeah, or you end up with a might makes right. That's right. And, you know, America is unique in that they value the minorities, or, you know, those disenfranchised and protected them and gave them equal rights. Whereas you go into the other countries that don't have that kind of moral system, and it's a might-make-right kind of thing, and that's why their democracies are kind of falling apart over there. Yeah. It was Adams that talked about our benevolence, you know, that looking out for someone that's, that's weaker than us or, or that's in need. He said Christian benevolence makes it our indispensable duty to lay ourselves out to serve our fellow creatures to the utmost of our power. I mean, that's a Christian concept. That's why America runs to help other nations. That's why America sacrificed so many of our own young men and women dying for other nations to be free and literally not asking for anything in return. Instead of being an empire, instead of taking land, the only land we ever took was enough to bury our dead when when we sacrificed. And you know, the best example I know of is, is 1945 when two bombs were dropped on Japan and the war was ended. The whole world knew we had that weapon. And every time in history when someone had an advantage in war, nobody had ever had an advantage that big. But every time someone had an advantage in war, they always attacked their neighbors as soon as they could. They always were constantly trying to triumph and, and conquer. And here we were sitting with the, the most powerful weapon ever known to man, the ability to literally make the entire planet submit to, to our will and do anything that we wanted. We could have enslaved the entire planet at that point if we wanted. And we did the exact opposite. We took those weapons, ended the war by using those weapons, which saved ultimately millions of lives. The guys I get to interview on, on my show from World War II, man, they talk about that we expected a couple of million more Allied casualties and 20 million Japanese casualties if we had to invade on the ground. I mean, it would have been awful. So millions were saved as a result of that horrible, horrible uh, decision that Truman had to make. But then what we do? We took our own money and we went and rebuilt the very nations that had attacked us. And that's very unique in the history of the world. And it comes back to that Christian benevolence. It comes back to that idea that freedom is from God. Therefore, we don't have the right to take it away from other people. We actually have a duty to export that freedom to other nations as best we can.
Yes, you know, and also, you know, traveling around the world, America has been demonized, you know, as the big bully pushing everybody, forcing them to our agenda around the world. Unfortunately, that's being taught in universities, unfortunately, around the world, even friendly countries that are friendly to us. And I guess my question is, you know, has America overall been a force for good or bad in the world? Oh man, it's been, you know, you you take even that even that example of World War II and and literally actually go back America's saved the world uh, from Nazism, from mm-hmm. communism, from yeah. des- despotism. Yeah. Uh freed nation after nation after nation, exported our economic system that 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 has produced more, you know, convenience and and brought more people out of poverty. I mean, people today that are that are really the poorest uh, live as good or better than than kings did 200 300 years ago and and that is not by accident i mean that that is because of the economic and political structures that produce an environment where those things are uh, where there's a it fosters an environment of ingenuity and and hard work and work ethic and all those things i mean you just think about how that uh, in fact I, I i wish we could somehow present to the world what the world would be like if america had never existed and it would be a very scary thing. So yeah, we've been an absolute positive force for the world. In some ways in the last, you know, 40, 50 years, we've been a negative force in some ways. I think we've exported a lot of decadence and a lot of bad things that have hurt other cultures as well as our own. And so you look at, you know, things like abortion and pornography and some of the things that America has promoted around the world, that is a very bad thing. But that's because we've gone against and we've gone to the opposite end of what the American founding formula and the American value system was all about. So those are the things I hope we can change. And and I see hope in the next generation that wants to change those things, that wants to come back to truth, that wants to come back to those biblical values. And so we're still a a very good force for good in, in many ways. We've been a negative force in some ways lately, and my prayer is that, that God is raising up a remnant right now that's that's gonna turn it around for us and as a result the world will benefit as well. Yeah, you know, I was speaking at a college in the Philippines, and I forgot how we got on the subject, but I remember one student during the Q&A time said, you know, I believe America has been a force for evil around the world. Because they are the lone superpower, they have been the big bullies in forcing their agenda on countries all around the world. And, you know, I stopped and I said, okay, well, let's take a look at it. I said, what, you know, superpower in history has literally conquered another nation and then rebuilt that nation and then gave it back to the people. Right. You know, I said, we did that in Germany. We did that in Japan. And I said, we did that right here in the Philippines. Yeah. You know, we actually conquered the Philippines. We got the Japanese out of the Philippines. And then instead of becoming an occupying force like Islam has been or Rome was or the Soviet Union was, instead we helped rebuild Japan, Nazi Germany, Philippines, and we gave it back to the people. And yes, we did try to establish a democracy because that's the best form of government next to a perfect, you know, king, which won't happen until the king, you know, the real king comes, but democracy is the best form of freedom. And we tried to establish those. We're successful in some countries, but but, but I said, what other country does that, you know, right. in history? And so yeah, you're right. You know, I believe America has been a force for good overall. No doubt. No doubt, man. Uh, you know, and, and we got to remember why. We got to remember what made us great in the first place, what made us strong, you know, Dennis Prager says it this way. He says, I believe it's good that America is a Christian nation. He's Jewish. He's not Christian. But as a Jew, he says, I believe that it is good that America is a Christian nation. Too many Americans do not appreciate the connection between American greatness and American Christianity. 
a similar statement from Rabbi Daniel Lapp, and he said, I understand I live in a Christian nation. Without a vibrant and vital Christianity, America is doomed. And without America, the West is doomed, which is why I, an Orthodox Jewish rabbi devoted to Jewish survival, the Torah, and Israel, am so terrified of American Christianity caving in. God help Jews if America ever becomes a post-Christian society. Just think of Europe. You know, those are both Jewish leaders that are saying it's that Christian foundation that made America great in the first place. And if we lose that, God help the whole world. Yeah, and that's what you're saying is a big chunk of that formula or secret sauce that produced such great results for the United States, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's at the heart of it. So I always tell people God's just not in, he's not just in the equation of American freedom. He's at the center of the equation. You know, it, it emanates from him. And, and without him, when you take him out, it, it completely changes all the dynamics. And they understood that. that's why you see him. See, God mentioned four times in the Declaration. You see a, 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 a biblical, so many clauses and different things in the Constitution that the founders said, hey, we got that straight out of this verse or that verse in the Bible. It's all over our founding. And, and they've been trying to remove it for years. They, they've covered up a lot of it. Fortunately, a lot of it's in stone in Washington, D.C., so they're going to yeah. have to fan blast it before they get rid of all of it. So it's definitely there. We just have to dig a little harder today than we had to 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, and that's why it's important that we preserve it. I mean, a lot of young people say, you know, why care about religion and our history? You know, cultures change, times change, and we just kind of got to go with it. What do you have to say to that person? Oh, same thing I said earlier. I mean, you want to live in freedom, you better know what produces freedom. If you want the benefits, you got to know what the formula is on the other side of that equation because you don't get wealth by accident, you don't get safety by accident, you don't get freedom by accident. There's a cause producing that effect. And so if you want to live in freedom, if you want to be able to choose what you do for a career, if you want to be able to choose how you raise your children, who you marry, where all those things, if you want the freedom to do all those things, you better look at what works and what doesn't work in producing those things. And we in America found the best formula that's ever been known to man for producing those things. And for some reason, we have been running away from that formula, and there are people in our country that have been trying to radically transform that formula. And when you do that, you get a very, very different result. And so to those young people out there, I'd say, hey, it's up to you at this point. You're, you're the ones that are going to either live or die with this kind of you know, nation. If you want your children and your grandchildren to experience freedom, you better start getting educated about what produces that. Yeah, if the foundation crumbles, you know, can the building stand? That's right. Yeah, well, Rick, are, are we in danger of losing, you know, the principles that produced such a free and prosperous nation? Without question. Uh, man, I mean, you just, you just take a good, good look around right now, and you say, how did we go from a nation built on Judeo-Christian values to one now that doesn't, doesn't know right from wrong? And I don't even mean just religious moral truth. We're starting to say we don't believe in basic scientific biological facts like male and female. Right. I mean, that, that, that's how chaotic yeah. this has become. And so, yeah, I, I think we're in huge danger. It's shocking, actually, when you think about how few years it's taken for the left to make devastating gains. The level of change in our country in the last you know, just a couple of decades has been remarkable in a bad way, remarkable. And, and so the, the very formula that, that brought most of the world out of poverty in the dark ages and of progress and prosperity and all those things, I mean, that's the formula that's being distorted and denied. And instead of, you know, I mean, even just little things, you look at how we used to, you know, reward hard work and ingenuity and had good work ethic. Now we're rewarding laziness and, and, and even lawlessness. I mean, we're, I'm watching, you know, we're punishing and demonizing the law enforcement officers rather than the lawbreaker. 
And, and there's no question there can be a bad law enforcement officer, and I want to punish them as well. But I'm seeing all kinds of cases right now get national news where the law enforcement officer did, frankly, what they were trained to do, and it was a lawbreaker on the other end of it. And yet we're more worried about the lawbreakers. Just, I don't understand that part. But, I mean, we're jailing people. We're fining people and running them out of business and even jailing artists because they're not willing to use their gift and their talent for something that violates their very conscience and, and goes against everything they believe in. I mean, that is a dangerous, dangerous road. And I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer, Pat. Believe me, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm usually glasses half full. We can take the hill. But I'm also a realist in saying – We've got to assess the patient right now, find out where the bleeding is before we can administer aid, and, and we've got to realize that the left has been controlling the language and therefore controlling the culture. They've made huge gains. They dominate our universities in this country. They're indoctrinating our own children with our tax dollars. And I would encourage people to not send their children to these universities that are doing this, and that's most of them. So you've got to be real careful. You've got to choose wisely where you send your kids off to college, but also start working on your legislature to stop funding this nonsense where they're actually teaching our kids to be anti-American. So I could go on and on about that stuff. Here's the good news. The fact that we are in that much trouble has awakened a generation. So there's a lot of people right now saying, whoa, I get it now. There's something happening. I can't, I can't necessarily you know, articulate what it is, but I know in my gut the signs that I'm seeing in the culture are bad. And so I'm willing now to say, what do I need to do? Where, where do I sign up to, to, to participate in, in saving the country? So hopefully that means you know, they're going to your programs, they're listening to your program, they're learning how to be good citizens, uh, they're learning what it means to apply the Bible to our daily life, not just our spiritual life, but our work life, our business, our politics, all those things, and actually becoming biblical Christians, not just Christians, but biblical Christians, with life application of, of God's incredible instruction manual. That's where the good news is, and that's where I see hope, and I, and I see it in these kids that are being raised in that kind of a home that are passionate, articulate, they're wanting to lead. We get to train them at Patriot Academy. I mean, I just there's a lot of good stuff happening, too. So, yes, we're in danger of losing it, and yes, there's bad things happening. But if you step back and look in the context of history, you go, okay, other nations have faced this kind of stuff. What can we do to save the country? And there's some pretty clear steps we can take. Yeah, tell us uh, what people can do. You mentioned uh, some of it right now, you know, starts with the family and things, but what can families do to properly educate their children? You know, some parents can't afford private schools or anything, so what can families do? Yeah, I, I love the fact that as much as I'm into politics and helping good people get elected and that sort of thing, it's not near as important what happens at the White House or the State House as what happens at your house. So that ability to influence our own children is, is the first and foremost responsibility, I think. And so you nailed it. I mean, what, even if your kid goes to public school, private school, home school, however you do it, there are still tools out there and things you can do to get them educated on these basic foundations, getting them into, you know, I have mentioned at Patriot Academy. Go to PatriotAcademy.com and, and learn more about how you can attend one of these, your kids can attend one of these programs, or get our Constitution class and, and do that, that class at home, or, or let them do our high school government class. Even if they're doing it in public school, do this one so they get the truth as well. So there's things you can definitely do, and little things. Man, just have, have a reading program in your home where you're diving into some of the you know, great books that, that our founders were reading or reading books about the Founding Fathers or 
learning together about those principles and just start asking questions. Start talking about this stuff around the dinner table. You know, start so don't let politics be a you know people say don't don't talk about religion or politics. <laughs> those are the two things we need to be talking about. So have the conversation at, at at home. So that's that's home. And then at church, host a constitution class at your church. In fact, we're about to launch a training program called Constitution Coaches, where people are able to take our constitution class on video. And if you can operate a DVD player, you can host a Constitution class in your church. And, and we've got, you know, I think well over 100 people across the country already doing that. But we're about to launch a new program to train people on how to do that and expand that. It's a great way to get people in your church awakened and understanding how to, how to properly, legally assert their rights. So, man, I could go on. There's a lot of different things, but there's plenty of ways to plug in. You know, listen to Pat's show every day, for one. <laughs> yeah. You know, on, on your last point, you know, some pastors or churches may say, wait a minute, wait a minute, isn't that illegal? Can we talk about politics here in the church? You uh, bet you can. You bet you can. And in fact, you can have voter registration drives in your church. You can do these constitution classes in your church. You can have candidate forums in your church. So invite all the candidates to come and people from your church question them and, and find out where they stand on things so you can make an informed vote. I mean, all those things are 100% legal, and we have great legal organizations that will come to, you know, if somebody if somebody steps up and says, oh, this is a violation, I'm going to sue you, we have great legal organizations that will come defend you for free. So just, you know, let us know at Wall Builders or, or contact Alliance Defending Freedom or Pacific Justice Institute. There's a lot of good ones out there. So, yes, absolutely they can do it. I would argue, you know, some might disagree with me. I think they have a duty to do these things. I agree. The church is supposed to be salt and light. And so if we're not telling our, you know, members how to get involved. And if we're not helping, you know, coming together and sharpening each other's countenance and on how to choose good leaders and how to be salt and light in the community, man, what point? I mean, that's God's given us this wonderful talent, this gift of freedom. And I don't want to be the wicked and slothful servant, according to the parable Jesus told, by not participating, by not using that talent, literally burying it. So if you're not participating in your free government that you were given, then you're burying that talent that God gave you. But if he gave us freedom and we use it and we expand it and we grow it and we do these things we're talking about, man, now we're the, the one that he's going to say, hey, you were faithful over little things. I'm going, to, I'm going to put you in charge of much. The only thing, you know, really churches cannot do is you, you can't endorse a candidate. You can't say vote for this guy. But you can say, here are the issues that we believe in and here's how the candidates voted on that. That's you right. Know. And you can do voter guides that definitely mm -hmm. say, legal. hey, the biblical position on the issue is this, and then here's the five people running for office, and here's their position. So you can say, look, Bible's very clear not to take innocent life. So pro-life is the biblical position. Here's your you know, three candidates for state legislature. This one's pro-life, this one's pro-life, this one's pro-abortion, you know, or the, whatever your voter guide. Everybody, uh, in fact, y'all have a, a family policy council there in Hawaii, I'm sure, that puts out voter guides. You can do one at your church. And if people are saying, listening, going, you know, how do I know how to vote, who to vote for for city council? And hey, you could be the one to, to organize that and, and put together that voter guide and make copies and hand it out at church. Yes, and, you know, another great resource for churches and families are your websites. So tell us about your websites here, Wall Builders and Constitution Alive. Sure. So wallbuilders.com is our main website. Uh, that's where you can go to get the Constitution class if you want to do it at your at your church or school or home or whatever. You can get all kinds of other good tools there. Wallbuilderslive.com is our radio program. You can do, you know, either listen to it live or get the podcast and listen anytime. And then patriotacademy.com is our leadership training program. So that's where if uh, 16 to 25-year-olds can come and go through a state capital program with us. Military veterans, we have one specifically for them. And then citizens of all ages can come through our citizen citizen boot camp. So there's, there's a lot of opportunities to get trained. So check all that out at patriotacademy.com and wallbuilders.com. 
Yes, you've been listening to our interview with Rick Green, former Texas State Representative, national speaker, author, and radio host. You can listen to him daily on Wall Builders Live and Constitution Alive. And also, he is the founder and president of a great organization, Patriot Academy. So go check him out on the web. That's uh, Rick Green with Wall Builders. So, Rick, uh, thanks for being here on Evidence and Answers. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me. Well, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, please give him a call at 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and you may do so right there online on the homepage. You will find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. Be sure to share our website with your family, friends, and your church. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran.